commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! Core World News. You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Greg Scott, and you're listening to Core World News. Your all-net news show for in-depth coverage and analysis of the latest stories from around the galaxy. Here is your news segment rundown for January 10th, 2020. Resistance recap. Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. But first, rumors are swirling that the next Star Wars film series will explore an era of galactic history known as the High Republic, set some 400 years before The Phantom Menace. Now we are hosts Ben, Grant, and Adam to discuss. All right. Thank you, Grex. Yeah. Also uh, impressive that you got 2020, that he said 2020. I thought for I sure. I was impressed. waiting for 2019. Well, he's an evolved species. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he's got three he, brains, guys. Three brains. One three one brains. works on time. <laughs> All right. That's amazing. Greg, he's right. just yeah, capable of so much. Um, so you guys want to get High Republic? Wow. Sorry, did you like wow. that? <laughs> is that not good? All right. Can we, can we do another take, please? Yeah, uh, no. come on. <laughs> <laughs> Only if we can each get a pass at it. Yo. Oh, that yeah, it just wow. keeps going All downhill. Right. Anyways, 400 years before the Phantom Menace. Are we yeah. excited for this era of time? Do we know anything about this? What could be happening in the galaxy? Are there wars happening? Do we know anything in the EU that happens around this time? Because for me, it's a blank slate. Like I don't, I don't know anything that's happening around this time period. Take it away, yeah. Adam. No, I, what? Oh, me. Okay. Because uh, I have no idea either. Yeah, it's, nothing no. happens then. We have no, no. really blank slate. Which I think is probably why they picked it, right? A fairly fertile ground uh, in terms of. And why I'm kind of excited by it is that um, uh, is because we never really saw the High Republic, right? We get the tail end. We get this point of the of the Jedi when they've kind of. I get the feeling have kind of lost sight of what they are and who they're supposed to be in reality. Right. They're kind of this opulent guard stuck in this in this center of the universe or the galaxy fighting wars that they may not need to be fighting. Right. So I'm really interested to see what the Jedi were at their peak. Yeah. um, Also, I think the Sith are still in hiding at this time period. So I I don't know if it's like the most compelling area to 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 start a new story uh but um uh it's it's gonna be interesting to see what the sith are doing during this time period if they're involved yeah. in the story at all yeah, yeah. Um, i think i think we mentioned like they, i think they're really trying to sort of tiptoe around the expanded universe like they're not trying to exile all of that great work that had come before you know lucasfilm uh was handed over to disney and um, we know, I mean, about a, a millennia, according to King Kiadimundi, uh, a thousand years before Phantom Menace was the when Darth Bane died. And we know, you know, I don't know that we know that um, Palpatine's master was um, Darth Plagueis. And, um, you know, so he was probably alive 100 years before that. So you've got sort of I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they bridge the gap. Like, I mean, there's a lot of fertile ground there to sort of talk about what's going on with the sith with within that time and it, it actually could be really cool if if you haven't read you know the novel plagueis we learn um uh we learn about his master tenebris um and uh that's all fascinating i mean they're doing some weird dark magic stuff and they could lay some yeah. some real ground for what we saw in the rise of skywalker maybe they're at exegol or maybe they're colonizing exegol or 
you know, it could lead up to something that's sort of, you, you know, it'll set the stage for where Palpatine got his idea to sort of corrupt the Republic. Um, yeah. There could be some yeah. really interesting stuff there. So uh, I don't know yeah. what it is. Yeah. Speaking of Tenebris, we don't know how long Biff's li- like we're on the lifespan of a bit. Right. So he could he yeah. could be around at that time. Uh, yeah. We do get a mention of the High Republic era in the new Kylo Ren comic coming from Loris Anteca. He says uh, the High Republic era it was a time of greatly expanded Jedi activity throughout the galaxy. So like you said, Adam, how there's, there's kind of a hub of opulent, you know, Jedi, yeah. you know, protectors in, at the center of the galaxy. It seems like they're going, you know, beyond the mid rim, even the outer rim and, and possibly to the edge of the unknown regions during yeah. this time. So it's really a time of exploration for the Jedi Order, which is fascinating. Yeah. That'd so, be really- yeah, it would be. I did a bit of quick uh, Googling on Wikipedia and got to the calendar section, which okay. is a real fun thing if you want to just know what happened, what years. But there's a scant little going on. Uh, in the years in the years back there in fact the only entry of any relevance is actually 400 bby and apparently someone named Th- thomas tuve was alive at that time who made an appearance in dr afra uh mm-hmm. nine through 12 he was at an auction on the sokra retreat space station um and he basically it lives his life in a status status dome and comes out occasionally when things are important so Oh, right. So there is someone still around from that time. Well, that's yeah. So there's really it's 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 open field for a it lot really of storytellers. Yeah, um, that's pretty I, interesting. I, I do love the idea of like full opulent um, Jedi, you know, peak Jedi temple um, where we really get to see the Jedi be Jedi. I mean, it, it's, it's sort of another crack at that time period, which, you know, I did love it in the um, the Clone Wars, but. I mean, in the uh, well, it would be without the wars in it, but uh, in the prequels um, and it'd just be great to see the whole, you know, Padawan master relationship um, and just see Jedi doing cool Jedi stuff like it actually would be my favorite sort of thing to see in the Jedi in the um, Star Wars universe. Um, I just thought we might get it sort of in the future where it would be the new Jedi Republic, because I'm, I'm just already so attached to Rey and to Finn and to all these new characters. It would be really cool to see them be like, all right, let's rebuild it up and see what we, you know, let's make it in our own image and, and how we've evolved. I mean, it, you know, because we kind of know how it's yeah. going to go in the past 400 years, like ultimately what it's headed towards, um, which is sort of a bummer. It'd be nice to sort of not know where a thing's going. But you could also, we could probably compare the two. So like, Whatever it was like 400 years before, we could also get afterwards and they could be two very different Jedi orders. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, Ben. That might be kind of why they're doing this, right? Because I think we're going to get that story eventually with Ray, but I think you yeah. need to let this this sequel breathe a little bit. I mean, if we've yeah. been taught anything, it's that the the, tri- the the trilogies with our main characters, it's no longer the Skywalker saga, but we may have the, the Ray saga. You, you need 10, 15 years between... <laughs> between yeah. trilogies so maybe a decade but i think we'll get there oh yeah awesome. definitely yeah i was thinking you know i was thinking maybe some the mandatory setups they're gonna have to do to to for the events that we know about you know the the, the, the coming of palpatine and and plagueis and right uh, you know certain jedi like keati mundi and yoda well, like yoda was there man- right right yeah and those certain mandatory setups oh, yeah. of those jedi who definitely lived during that time things like that i'm wondering if that might slow down the story or kind of you know, take us to things we've seen already and not give us anything new, which which worries me. And and like you said, Ben, knowing the outcome, like uh, yeah. just like Rogue One, we know all these characters have to die. 
I don't yeah. think that's as impactful as a, as a story wherein we don't know the outcome and, and space feels broader in scope and, and everything just feels larger. Like I, I almost feel like they should go in the future in, in terms of timeline to tell a story that's totally open-ended and, and can go anywhere and it doesn't have to do any of these mandatory setups of say Yoda or Tenebris or, you know, certain things we know about, you know, it's like, I don't know if that's going to be as impactful as telling an all new story. Yeah. 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 Well, I think they can do both, you know, they can sort of, they can have it. I mean, they, they impressed me with their storytelling on this last sequel trilogy a lot. I mean, I, I never thought I would fall in love with like Ray as much as I have as a character um, and Ben Solo and all that. I mean, granted they're connected, but even when Ray was nobody, um, she was just a really captivating uh, character. So I'm sure they can do it again and do it in a cool way. I also had a thought about like, have you guys watched The Witcher? Uh, I have not yet. I think I've seen the first episode. Yeah, so it's a thing. Um, it's pretty cool. It's definitely sort of the, you know, a network trying to, or Netflix trying to um, capitalize on the, you know, outflow of the popularity of Game of Thrones. And I, I just feel a little bit of that here, too. I guess, you know, they've sort of mm. opened up the fantasy world into the mainstream a little bit. And um, so I feel like, because I have a feeling this would feel kind of fantasy-like if, you know, back at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant or whatever. Um, so. Yeah, totally. It but we also know during this time, no Jedi can confront a Sith and return to the Republic and tell the other Jedi there is a Sith. Like, right. that, that cannot happen, you know, because Keati Mundi had said that you know, the Sith haven't, you know, uh, been operating in the galaxy for a millennium. Sure. So it's yeah. so we so uh, whatever Jedi comes across a Sith, they're going to have to, I guess, die or, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But we've had it. We had a we had a sequel trilogy that was almost bereft of Sith at all. Right. We only get a Sith yeah. at the very end, which is Palpatine. Right. Because Kylo's never a Sith. Yeah. He's a, he's a knight of Ren. Uh, Snoke is just a dark force user. So we still get a lot of dark force users floating around and we could get, you know, I mean, again, this is a little prequel but we could get a, a Sith um, pulling the strings. Yeah. Yeah. Like I Phantom mean, Menace? For, that, just for made, me, that set just bored yeah. me before I was even through it. But whatever. <laughs> well, for me, it's like, even though every creator has gone forward and said Snoke is not a Sith, I I am forever documenting <laughs> him as a Sith. Like I just yeah. think that's just a bunch of malarkey. Like he is, he's created by an all powerful Sith. He has dark side powers. He wears a a ring that has the whole the, the yeah. The, he's the, from the, a the Sith bl- country. It, he's yes. a duck. Yeah. What what um? How did they say he wasn't a Sith? I, I think JJ said he wasn't a Sith. I think. Andy Serkis said he wasn't a Sith. I think there's I mean, lots like, of people in, who said he wasn't a Sith. In, like, universe, though. No one, no one said it. No, no one says he's not a Sith. Yeah, no one, yeah. No one says that. Yeah, and also, I mean, it just... Now, so, I, we've all watched this again, so a third time each round, and I would suggest to all our listeners, please do this, because, I mean, I'm sure you're all much more competent movie watchers than I am, but um, it's taken me this long to finally get it, and I really got a lot out of it the third time. Yeah, me but, too. Um, but yeah, it really feels like um, this time around, definitely, because I I've flip-flopped on this, Snoke is definitely a, a clone. Like, he's definitely been, I mean, I just didn't believe Palpatine when he said, I created Snoke, because I thought he was like, that was a euphemism or something. But I think I he physically... I made Snoke. I made Snoke, yeah. yeah. And so, like, technically, he's not a Sith. He's, like, you know, an amoeba or something. But whatever <laughs> yeah. he is, he's a, he's a, a Sith human. amoeba. Yeah. <laughs> I love um, it. He's in other, you know, but uh, and it's funny, like even the 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 Snokes we saw in the jars, like we still had like the lightsaber scar in the head, which is fascinating. Yeah, yeah, that says a lot about it. that. Really makes the 
first issue of uh, The Rise of Kylo Ren. <laughs> Interesting, which we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, there is a lot. The Rise of Kylo Ren is some of the most compelling, you know, storytelling of the sequel generation. Yeah. And it's like, the fact that it's not in the movie is a little bit criminal to me. And it, it feels like a massive workaround for connecting the Knights to Snoke to Luke to Ben. Like, it just, it's a lot packed into a what six part comic series like it's or five yeah. part i don't know how long it is, i don't know how many it is yeah but it's yeah. uh yeah it's a lot of info yeah yeah it's right. a lot lot to pack in there yeah. i do sort of i do get it though because it's just like we don't like we don't want to see we don't want to see anakin's story again like the fall of like our major character like a fall of another skywalker on at least on on the big screen and it's just sort of like such a bummer it's more interesting to sort of see the fallout of all that, just him being evil. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm interested to see how it all works out. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think like, seeing it would be yeah. a little redundant to see another fall for sure. Agree, I sort of it, like it, his fall would be key to how his what his redemption would be. Um, but I don't know. Right. I mean, Sorry. right. Yeah, it's exciting that we're past the 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 end of this trilogy, right? Because this is where the storytelling is showing us that they can start telling these stories that they've been their hands have been tied about for the past yeah. uh, five years, right? So it's exciting. Like that first, I can't believe I was reading that first Rise of Kylo Ren. I'm like, oh, we're actually getting storytelling that's like, you know, develop character development about our main people, right? Right. Yeah, and uh, Snoke is at a, in a super interesting place in these comics, and and, and a super exactly interesting what outfit. <laughs> yes, yeah, that super... outfit. <laughs> we'll, get, yeah, we'll get there. Cap. It's quite a jaunty cap. <laughs> yeah, so, you think you'd be drinking some bone broth in that little let me make a world point. Of his. Yeah, we start out this conversation talking about five hundred years before yada yada yada, and whether we like this or not, and then we found a way somehow to start talking about the last sequel trilogy and the last movies and comics. So I would say that's kind of a verdict that we're not all jazzed necessarily about the possibility of doing it 500 years in the past. Oh, I'm jazzed, man. There? I really am. I just well, I don't you're know bad. I don't know. You're jazzed. So yeah, I'm constantly. I'm, <laughs> I'm interested. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what what they do 400 years before Phantom Menace. And I, I always catalog the the Mandalorian Wars as happening like thousands of years. But but with the recent mention in the Mandalorian. It, it makes me think that maybe they might change the timeline of those those big wars with the Mandalorian to be 400 years before the yeah. Phantom Menace. You know what I mean? Like that might be the time where the Jedi sorcerers fought against the Mandalorians and Mandalore. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think if they're if this if this timeline takes place, they are going to find a way to make it very Mandalorian centric because that <laughs> seems to be where the fan base is going right now. Right? Very yeah. focused on the Mandalorian. My so. only worry with that is if they put a, if they do a Darth Maul a, a similar like Death Watch Darth Maul situation where like a Sith is kind of puppeteering this war. Like I really hope that doesn't happen. I hope yeah. the Mandalorians yeah. are fighting on their own volition against the Jedi because. Um, I, I I don't think you need reason, a, a Sith. Yeah, to, yeah, because I don't think you need that again. It's redundant. Just like seeing Anakin, uh, you know, Anakin fall again in Kylo. Yeah. I don't want to see another you know Sith Lord puppeteer war, or at least you know uh, trigger this event. Right. Yeah. Um, um, cool. Yeah. So you saw the movie in IMAX recently, right, Ben? Uh, the Rise yeah. Of well, yeah. You guys both did first, and I was like, yep. I wanted in. I was super jealous and got a little time and. I was, uh, I think, one of three people in the theater, but it was awesome. Yeah. Dead center. Yeah. Dead center of the, the uh, theater. It was great. Yeah, so good, right? Like, the sound design just really, really flourishes when you see it in IMAX, where you can hear the lightning on Exegol just crackling and oh, yeah. screeching, and then Palpatine's voice rumbling. Like, it's just, 
it's an it's the movie to see in IMAX for sure. It yeah. really is, yeah. and it really is the the one word uh, Ben spoken by um, the princess of Alderaan um, in that one scene. I mean, you, you're right, Grant. It just sucks all the air out of the room. You're just like, what? Like it's such the sound design is so beautiful and it's such a perfect note. And then from there on, tears for like 45 minutes for me. Yeah. Real, the feels just started going and you're like, like, it was just like, they're like, nope, now we own your heart and get ready for this. (laughs) Yeah, very, very similar. I was super emotional uh, for this viewing of it and I thought it'd be the other way around because I knew it was coming and the things wouldn't hit me as hard. I was trying to figure out why and I think I was texting with you guys and and Grant had mentioned, oh, the sound design's amazing. Like, oh, that's totally what it is. It was just, not just, but it was the sound design. It was that music, right? It was that, which is just like instantaneous emotions. Um, the, the line that got me uh, for some reason, because it didn't really affect me the first few times, was when they're all dying and Lando comes in and you just hear over the radio, there's more yeah. of us. Yeah. And then he like, repeats it. And I'm like, oh. oh. And I'm like, for some reason, I'm like, oh, it's the swell of the music that is like just yeah. this deafening, you know, John Williams, you know, not even tug at your heartstrings, like yank and rip your heart out of your body well, through your throat strings. That and Oscar Isaac's performance in the cockpit mm, there, when mm-hmm. you see the despair of like tight in his face and he's sweating, and you yeah. hear all the like all the people dying on his comms and it's and like, asking him what to do. Yeah. What to do? And you're like, Oh, I've oh. been there before, not with those stakes, but like you know, yeah. where you're just like, Oh, everything's falling apart and there's nothing I can do about it, and I hate myself, and yeah. I mean, they they did a really nice job. I just think with this movie, because I, 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 I loved it. This The third time, I loved it even more than the first few times yeah, I saw it. Maybe twice <laughs> as much as I loved it before. I think it's wow. just stimulus overload. There's just so much to take in. You can't possibly take it in in one viewing. Yeah. And, and like, and now, which is great, because we're going to be picking this movie apart for the rest of our lives. And um, And there's so much. It's just a feast. It's just one of those, like, Thanks. It's the feast that's on the table in front of Darth Vader and Empire Strikes Back. It's this this thing you can just go through it forever and ever. Did, did I lose you on that one? No, totally, totally. I totally yeah, agree. That's right with you. Yeah. But yeah, there so is I, a lot of stimulus in that film, and I yeah. enjoy what JJ did because it's like I, there was so much lore that I felt. I felt like um, I felt like uh, Last Jedi kind of put a cap on the lore to, to do a more character-driven piece, which I respect and love. And I think yeah. Last Jedi is the most daring and original and interesting Star Wars film we've had, you know, since the first Star Wars. You know, so it's like, right. I feel like I, I love The Last Jedi for that reason, but I do feel like the lore, aside from the tree and the books and some of the Jedi lore we get, I feel like there was light on lore. And then this movie's yes. very heavy on lore. So mm-hmm. I think it's just people getting around that curve and 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 understanding that this movie operates on a totally different, you know, wavelength than the last film. Yeah. I mean, all I care about is like, I really don't care about the, the reviews only and except in that, how it impacts how star Wars or how Lucasfilm makes movies in the future. Cause I just want more content and I don't want them to look at that garbage and be like, Oh yeah, well maybe we should, you know, pull back. I I haven't looked at the um, ticket sales recently. I know they had, you know, an amazing opening weekend. I hope they're doing well there. But um, yeah, I'm not listening to any of that stuff. I, I think this movie's for us, for our listeners and for us. It's for hardcores. And um, yeah. if you like Star Wars, you're going to get there's a lot of good stuff in there to, to dip into. Yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much. I think I think the box office is doing well. It's it's nowhere near solo. It's going to be the lowest, I think, of the three. But that's to be somewhat expected. Yeah, that they get a billion dollars, man. The Force Awakens is always going to be the biggest just because there was yeah. such there was that drought and it was the first Star Wars movie in forever. Right. Um, and it just naturally happens that way. Um, you know, 
Last Jedi was critically acclaimed. It did well in the box office. So if they were really concerned about that, they could have really sat on JJ's shoulder and been, oh, no, you need to make it more artsy. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I think they're just going to say that I think they're going to take the Marvel route, which is which I kind of appreciate, which is that like you let the filmmaker make his or her film. Right. Like like you trust this person to do their film in a way and you jump in when you need to to make sure that the story that needs to be told is being told. But in terms of the artistic decisions, it's up to the filmmakers. Yeah. So yeah, true. I agree. I agree. Yeah. 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 Sorry, awesome. I cut you off. There. there is a there is a good deal of uh, oversight with the Marvel films as well. Yep. But um, always. Yeah. I mean, but that's why, I, that's why, and as much yeah. as as far as the Marvel model goes, I don't know if I want, you know, 20 odd films leading some some. No the cataclysmic event. Like I don't know if I, I want it in the same model as Marvel, but no, I wouldn't no. mind a film series being as long as maybe a Harry Potter film series. Like I think that might be interesting. Yeah, that'd be but, cool. Well, yeah. that might be the route for that for the uh, for the uh, new like the new Jedi Order, right? Like like maybe that's how you tell that story is Padawans in school. I mean, I think that's a story that's missing from the canon. So I would love yeah. to see a Jedi, a Jedi Academy story um, told. In also, action. you want to get kids in? I don't know. Make a movie with kids in it. Right, right. Ray Skywalker right. would be a great, like, you know, headmistress or headmaster, you know, of yeah. a school. Like, a, you know, I think she would do a really good job of that. And she's got all the books and, you know, could still search for more information. I don't yeah. Know. I would love it'd be fun to see, to see an actor uh, like Daniel Radcliffe, like we saw him grow with the film. Yeah. It'd be fun to see a, a young actor grow with these films to be a mature, yes. you know, confident Jedi at the end. We yeah, could also really make and also make Ray like the Dumbledore in that, like she's not doesn't have to be in it all the time, right? Like she could be off doing whatever yeah. and just kind of be come in at the critical moments and store for storytelling and just have all these new professors that she's taught over the past decade or whatever right to be teachers yeah right and star wars has essentially always been a coming of age story so to have a young padawan grow into a jedi feels almost more fitting than you know harry potter to you know to be frank it's like mm-hmm. yeah. it's this is it's always been about uh, from childhood to adulthood and, and maturation and it's to see an actor actually go through that process over a series of like six to eight films that mm. would be that would be something really special, I think, for Star Wars in general. Yeah, especially because the only version we've seen of that led to Darth Vader, <laughs> right? Like we haven't yeah, right. seen yeah. a, a good version of that, or like, <laughs> or also a exactly. version that doesn't skip suddenly ten years in the middle of it for whatever reason. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 If I could chase down that analogy just for a little bit more, I mean, one of the things that that the two have in common um, is that you know that. Um, Harry Potter was special, right? Like he was a kid, but he just knew there was something about him that was special. Like, I wonder how they would do that with a student or students in Ray's thing, you know, like if would it be, would it be a family thing? Would it be a, some sort of weird descendant of Obi-Wan and whatever, or like, a, or a, some random Jedi or like, I, I just wonder how they would do that and make like a new lineage or a new sort of interesting um, thing to make something about the student special other than just you oh, know, obviously totally. Ray being special. Yeah. All right. So you're theorizing this story takes place uh, with Ray in after the sequel trilogy. Cause I was, I was hung up on the whole 400, you know, uh, years before the Phantom Menace and the high Republic and thinking the Jedi Academy story would happen around then. But I love your idea of Ray's Academy. Like, I think that that's an yeah. awesome, awesome idea. Yeah. You can even, you can even recast Ray and, 
have it be a Disney Plus series and have her, you know, yeah. be yeah. far older. Well, two yeah. the two things there. Yeah. Firstly, I, I agree with Adam. I think it's just too soon. They're going to let it go. But secondly, I think Daisy Ridley is going to be available, and that's not because I don't. That's just judging on past history. I think she's a, a terrifically talented actor um, and capable of anything. But it's just like when you're the star of a Star Wars trilogy, it's sort of tough. Like I don't know. I'm just thinking about Hayden Christensen, and I'm thinking about Mark Hamill, and like you know, I don't know. I I, I hope she gets tons of work and gets every role and like has a flourishing yeah. career. But I have a feeling, you know, she'll get a couple things, and then it might just this just might be her thing. Um, when you get Robert Redford to show up for two Marvel movies, anything's possible, <laughs> right? Especially right. after he said he was retired. Yes, right? right. Like that's the thing. Like I'm just waiting for them to get Sean Connery, and then we know like anything's possible. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Christian Bale's a pretty big get if uh, if I could, you know, if anyone out there is, is someone you think would be difficult to get, it's he's probably the top of the list. You want but, a Christian um, Bale in um in Star Wars? <laughs> no, I just heard a rumor that, that Marvel he's in talks with Marvel. Oh, but um, oh, no. but when it comes well, to Ray, the next... <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but uh, unless you're gonna put him in a ton of Ray... yeah. Oh, Sorry, I want to talk yeah. about Christian Bale. Colin Marvel. Farrell is the penguin. Colin Farrell is playing the penguin in the next Batman movie, so yeah. anything can happen, guys. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so <laughs> when it comes to Ray's Ray's story and uh, what could come after the sequel trilogy, I have to think that there's. The, the, I, I I never like a female character just getting pregnant for the purpose of a story, but oh, um, yeah. But I do feel like the kiss the, the between Ray and Kylo at the end. And having, you know, watching the old uh, behind the scenes of Empire Strikes Back and Irving Kirshner saying, you know, a kiss in Star Wars is as close as we're going to get to sex. And and, and and also you have the dyad connection being harped upon over and over again in the film. It's like, I don't, and then Kylo giving all his life essence to Ray. I don't see how you don't do uh, Ray's, you know, yeah. child of the dyad as the next main character. And you could even name that character if it's a boy, Ben Skywalker. And if it's a girl, I can't see Ray at ray naming her anything else but leia like it's like i think you, those are my Hans guesses skywalker <laughs> yeah now you're breaking my brain <laughs> yeah i think ben skywalker would be a fun thing to do but uh um, yeah, yeah, but 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 uh but like uh, a daughter would be really interesting as well and um and i i just i can't help but think you don't see ben in that you don't see ben the ghost of ben solo in that last shot in the rise of skywalker um, there's been a lot of talk about that online. I've heard people say, oh, I have a theory for why he's not there. And uh, I, the only thing I can think is in transferring all his life essence to Ray, did he also trans, you know, did he also uh, con conceive some sort of child, child in that moment? Or is there, is there a future life to, to be lived after that? It's so, I mean, it's definitely possible. They left it open. So you can do yeah, whatever you want. I love that theory, Grant. Actually. <laughs> It's sort of um, it's sort of wild, but um, I, I totally agree. It is sort of it's interesting. I mean, I I was just thinking, oh, it could be another Virgins, like yeah, that's tired. But it would be like now it's unexpected. It's like well, before we were waiting for the chosen one, we already know who the chosen one was, which is another thing I got after this viewing. Anakin definitely chosen one, and definitely not related to Palpatine. Um, right. I, you know, I, like I wonder then it's them trying to solve this mystery of like why did we have this other Virgins? What what do we need them for? Um, and that would be sort of an interesting thing. Um, but it would be I would love even more to get some more Ben Solo in there somehow. Yeah, I would, too. I'm a little done with Bloodlines. 
after yeah. all this. So I'd love like a true nobody, even if that nobody is a virgin in the force. I mean, right. maybe tell the true nobody story like this idea. Like, I mean, it's very Harry Potter. Right. But this idea that like yeah. everyone else in the in the school comes from like like very like specific places and they've all related and they got this in their bloodline, this in their bloodline. There's this kid who just they can't figure out who she is and there's no connection. And then suddenly it's just that, you know, yeah. slight bullying, slight whatever. I don't know. Now I'm just writing Harry Potter again. No, totally. I, I, agree. Oh, I, I like I, I actually thought the sequel trilogy was going to investigate the nobody situation and yeah. see it through all the, you well, know, in all three films. But I yeah, didn't make her... they set it up for that. They did, the Force Awakens doesn't do that in a weird way. It it kind of hints at her family over and over and over again in that film to the point where you don't get that true nobody set up, I feel like. No, I mean, I guess you could say that it, it, it was setting up either way, right? Because it was clearly, because you could say it was a red herring set up, right? Like, like this idea that it seemed to suggest throughout the film that she was somebody, right? Because it was such a big part of it that if she turns out to be nobody, it's a red herring. But no, I agree. I think, I think she was always, I think in JJ mind, she was always quote unquote somebody. Right. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, yeah, another chosen one or virgins is, 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 I think interesting. I do love the dark legacy, Ray's legacy connection to the emperor. I love all that stuff. I told you guys, I love all that stuff. Um, and I, I like, I like it neck and neck with her being a nobody. I really do think the lineage is welcome because of all its connective tissue to what we've seen in the past. But, um, but to do a nobody or virgins or a chosen one, I, that's almost the story I wanted. I almost wanted Luke and uh, Kylo to be searching the galaxy for the next chosen one, and Kylo being a little, mm. you know, distraught because Luke doesn't see him as the chosen one. I thought that was a dynamic new way to explore a pupil's kind of anger with their mentor. That was like that was kind of what I. Th- that's kind of the setup I think would mm. work better for doing a nobody story. Interesting. But, yeah, definitely. Well, all right. Well, lots of good opportunities. I'm sure we'll be talking more about um, uh, future ideas as as Kathy uh, leaks information to all of us of what, what direction. I feel like she's kind of doing it in real time. I, I don't feel like there's a lot of thought. Like as soon as they're like, all right, we're pretty sure we're going to go this direction. She puts it out there. Um, so, well, this is a rumor. This is still a rumor. So the High Republic yeah. era is just a rumor. And I think it could be a rumor simply based off of the mention in the Rise of Kylo Ren comic. Like, yeah. it might just be very simple. We're not, we're kind of overthinking it. But, um, and this is a rumor uh, still, we don't know. When's celebration this year? Is it, uh, is it August, I think? Uh, May or is it May? Uh, or no, it uh, April. April. No, that's wrong. That's when it started. Uh, August 27th. So we got a ways. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, uh, why don't we move on? All right. And uh, so now this is our segment about uh, resistance. It's been a while. Uh, we've been so busy. Poor resistance has been sort of uh, kicked to the side um, for a while uh, while we've gone through The Mandalorian and The Rise of Skywalker. But um, honestly, really good episodes. So we're going to cover the last four um, that they were uh, station to station, the missing agent breakout and the mutiny. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is a children's show. We've talked about that a lot, but um, they've got a lot more interesting um, plot lines that have uh, come through here. Um, so we're going to start right off. We're going to try and fly through these because um, they do some interesting things and we'll try and um, and touch on those and not really get too 
lots in the uh, flotsam and jetsam. But um, so the first one was uh, station to station. Um, and so the uh, summary here is uh, due to their familiarity with the Colossus, First Order TIE Cadets Tam and Jace are assigned on a supply mission to the Titan, a similar refueling platform controlled by the First Order. It's actually the exact same build. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just the First Order's version. Um, their uh, visit coincides with Kaz, Niku, and CB-23 to steal a replacement trans-binary deflector for the Colossus. Uh, General Hux also attends a meeting of senior First Order's officers to discuss uh, counterinsurgency operations against the resistance. So, um, yeah, so here we are, and we we, we find a exact twin to uh, the station, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so they, you know, they... Uh, go through here, and they—I don't know. It was just nice to see Hux for a chance for a change. Um, yeah, major character, and uh, he Ooh, yeah. has no idea who Kaz is, which I love. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And they see do, him. Do we know they... if Dominic Gleason is uh, reprising the voice? Is he doing the voice for the show? I don't believe he is, but let me double check that while you guys keep going. Mm, yeah. Dominic Gleason. Yeah. Yeah. I think the so. One of the coolest parts of this episode, and maybe the coolest part of this episode, is so Kaz and Niku are wearing their well, they're all in um disguise. Mm-hmm. But the disguise that Kaz and Niku are wearing mm-hmm. are the, the Matt, the um the Matt the uh, radar technician. The radar technician outfit. <laughs> yeah, I a SNL skit. And um Wait, and yeah. they're like doing that bit um yeah. in their radar technician outfits. And yeah. um, I just thought yeah. that was kind of neat. It's pretty great. Quick side note: I can confirm that's the case because my in-laws got me a Matt the Radar Technician coffee mug uh, oh, for Christmas. Nice. So I I looked for... at that and I looked at that. And I'm like, oh, that's the same thing. <laughs> nice. Um, and uh, yeah, so they, they get in a tight spot, and um, Tam actually gives them a hand. She's on the the thing as well, and she she helps spring them. So she's starting to come around. She she doesn't come with um back to the group but um yeah. you can see sort of the machinations of where she's headed it's weird yeah. to me that tam's turn is probably the most realistic turn in any star wars thing ever. i was about to say i was about to say exactly that i was yeah. like if you're writing off this show you need to stop everything you're doing and watch it because tam's arc is fascinating and it's one of those arcs where it's a star wars character that's that's falling to the dark side but it's uh, there's a lot of redemptive qualities in her personality and she just won't give up on the light and it's so beautifully done and so well paced out for Star Wars that yeah. uh, I think everyone should check it out. Yeah, actually. So that's station to station. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, did you want to uh, run through Missing Agent, Grant? Yeah. So episode 12, The Missing Agent. Uh, this In this episode, Kaz Yeager and Sonara trace a distress call to the planet of Arcana, where a resistance spy named Norath has been abducted by a ruthless bounty hunter. And uh, I gotta say, I love the bounty hunter in these just these last couple episodes here. Yeah, uh, Tagrin. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the weapon. Is, I think we. This is the first time we're getting a like a vibro axe or an uh, electro yeah. axe. In Star <laughs> you mean Wars? axe actually uses an axe? Isn't that a little long? Yeah. Do you love him because he looks almost exactly like Death Death's Head from Marvel Comics? Yeah, well, not not so. I mean, I'm I'm a Death's Head reader. I've read a couple issues, but uh, uh, not so much that. Just more so the overall character design. Pretty the voice, sweet. The uh, yeah. um, the kind of he feels like he has a storied back. He seems like a storied character. It seems like he's been you know around the galaxy and back. He doesn't feel like a kind of 
new and polished bounty hunter. He feels like he's he's a lived, you know, he's had a life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's a he's a cool species too. I love that they keep busting out like sort of fringe uh, alien species for these main characters. He's an Iktachi, which is uh, the same uh, Sensi Tin was a, yeah. Yeah. a Jedi Master. So that's that's I mean that's that's a deep cut Jedi Master right there. Um, yeah. Sensi Tin, who has all of one minute of screen time. That's right. Star Wars. It is forever in our hearts. <laughs> yes. Uh, do we know who do you know who plays Axe Tagrin? Uh, I would love to know. I could find out fairly quickly here. Well, uh, I can I'm tell gonna... you because I'm looking at oh. it right now. <laughs> it's more of a. Who is it? It's uh, Joe uh, Mag- Maganello. 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 I can never say his last name. He was uh, the big dude from uh, True Blood. He plays the werewolf. He was also in. Oh. You'd recognize him. He also has an amazing moment in the Pee Wee uh, holiday special from a couple years ago. Oh, fascinating. And he lends a great voice. He lends a really gruff, interesting voice to this character. So really, really happy with the design of this character, uh, voice, look, and all. Um, So so Norath was also... I also felt like Norath had a familiar voice. I couldn't pick out the Uh, voice actor but i feel like i i know who that is yes i looked it up earlier now i can't see it so give me two seconds yeah (laughs) it's david diggs uh who is in hamilton and a few other things david okay cool yeah Yeah. it sounded familiar he sounded familiar so i I feel like yeah i could probably you know i see his face i'll probably know but um he was a fun character Uh, he seems like he's the same i almost feel like this was like ochi of the student's brother like like it's the same species as like Mm. the the plot hingy character of the rise of skywalker but um it's kind of funny that he was also a spy but uh that episode's kind of interesting it's more so that there it's more of a two-parter in this episode that they're they're dealing with they're just trying to find norath they find they they get in they get you know in a tango with the bounty hunter and then at the very end of the episode uh, uh jaeger jaeger and um sonora sonara get get taken by the bounty hunter into first order custody right is that yeah that's what happens at the end yeah pretty guys, pretty dramatic end. yeah do you guys have any thoughts about the fact that uh the first order are using bounty hunters that seemed a bit odd to me. Not horribly odd, but just they seem so, you know, first ordery, and like that's their big difference between them and the ga- and the, the Empire. I feel like they have so, you know, it just seems like they wouldn't use the dregs of the galaxy. But I try not to ask a lot of questions when there's already a fleet that could destroy the galaxy that could be, you know, turned on with the push of a button. So I right. try not to ask those those questions. Fair enough. Uh, I have another little fun fact here. So the um, the Gran, who's the uh, the the uh, the guy that's selling wares, and he sort of tries to double cross, and he's actually oh. so he's feeding. Lychee. He's yeah. a yeah. He's a lucky Lee. Uh, is named after Leland Chi. Yeah. Uh, oh, fun. That was a Leland Chi sort of reference there. Uh, lucky yeah. Leland. Nice and yeah. uh, voiced. Unless you have that information, I was going to say voiced by Fred Armisen. Yeah, Fred Armisen was pretty cool. Oh, fun. Uh, yeah. So we got that. Um, yeah. <laughs> lots of cool, lots of cool, lots of cool fighting moments. Uh, Sonara holds her own against the bounty hunter. Not only holds yeah. her own, she, gets a, she bests him, kicks him off a balcony. And she gets hit uh, with, a, with the electro axe on her, like, spine. Like, it basically just runs down her spine. Yeah. I'm like, is she all right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she okay after that? Like, he got a good hit in there. 
No, she but, makes um, it. She's uh, into some tough stuff. Why don't we move on to awesome. a breakout, right? So this is the second half of this. Because um, this is a two-parter, right? Right. Yeah. Breakout. Uh, yeah, episode 13. Kaz and Norath try to help their friends while being pursued, pursued by uh, the deadly bounty hunter. Yeah. Perfect. I was going to say they break their friends out. The end. <laughs> yeah. And they break out their friends. And, yeah. and I don't have but, a lot of notes for this one. Uh, I have a I do. Couple, there was a, there was yeah. a fun moment where Kaz says, "You don't think I'd get us into this mess without a plan?" And I was like, "That is a microcosm of the sequel trilogy right there." <laughs> <laughs> but um, what did you well, got, Adam? Well, so Kaz's plan is basically the same plan from A New Hope, that, right? Yeah. You knock out a couple of things. So my whole thing is, why doesn't that have a name, right? Because we have the whole uh, yeah. maneuver has a name, and I'm like, what? What would the name of this maneuver be? <laughs> we just like take yeah. over Star Wars. Uh, I and, mean, stormtrooper armor and uh, and, and break someone right out of a prison. Yeah, yeah. They need like some, you know, like the Ocean's Eleven shorthand type stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah. for all these plans here. Yeah, yeah. it was remember, actually yeah. it was um who's uh oh uh. The mother of um, Tora, uh, Tora Doza, so is uh, she has like a bunch of names for those maneuvers with her with her droid. Remember that's that? right. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Uh, then uh, so yeah, I'm sure she could she could bestow us with some words if we if we needed them. Sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. Then heroic reunion, yada yada. Um, good um, one. Yeah, the 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 Colossus in the clouds was beautiful. Like that yeah. that was, mm-hmm. animation was amazing. And then my favorite line was by Nikto by uh, Nico saying, "Really, I've never seen stormtrooper armor protect anyone from anything." <laughs> <laughs> that was a good bit too. Yeah, yeah. pretty useless armor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's one of my axes to grind on Battlefront Two. Is like I really think like. With armor, like the, if you have, if you're wearing stormtrooper armor, you should get like you know 25 more battle no. points. 50 you more. You should battle- get negative 25 battle points. They get <laughs> taken out by sticks in Rogue One. Yeah, okay. and in uh, Return of the Jedi. And they Return. get taken out by sticks in a lot of the movies. Those sticks were thrown really hard. Okay, <laughs> have you ever had a concussion? It's not fun. Yeah, you know, it should probably <laughs> fair enough. Prevent against concussions or something, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to think too hard about these films, but when does hyperspace <laughs> tracking come into play? Because I feel like this is pretty close to the last Jedi here, and yeah. uh, you can still jump to escape from the First Order at this point. And I feel like is it just uh, the supremacy that's outfitted. I was going to say ability? maybe it's just on the supremacy. I think you could just you can half. Yeah, right. Soon okay. Be, All right. Yeah. yeah. All right, that works then. And the aces. Let's there's some action same. with the aces at the end here. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, you want to go to the next episode? Yeah, this one's like my favorite. The mutiny. This is uh, maybe my favorite one yet. I, I don't. You know, it's a good one. Uh, do you have a uh, summary, Grant? Uh, Kragen uses super battle droids to take control of the Colossus. Yeah, that's or better. Mine. Mine was that the. Uh, yeah. Uh, my mine was that the pirates throw a mutiny. Nice. Well. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Concise uh, does happen, but I, I mean the battle droids are the key element there. Yes. And also they um, they purchase these battle droids from yeah. the Crimson Corsair. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that Kragen talks to him and is like he's a very funny dialect of yeah. a basic, and it's like actually a very grandiose like um, dialect. It's like I guess pirate like you know maybe um, yeah 
anyways, it's sort of funny. So when he talks about the Corsair, it's sort of funny. And the Corsair is like, I hate you. Just take these things. Give me your money. And he <laughs> essentially sold him a bunch of broken droids. Yep. Yeah. And we know really great that, voice work there, too. Yeah. And we know that the Crimson Corsair is uh, or Sidon Ethano um, is actually working with the resistance because we see him in the celebration at the end of the Rise of Skywalker. Um, so we got yeah. that going for us, which is nice. Oh, interesting. I didn't see him there. I'm, I gotta watch it again. Yeah, he's yeah, there. He's, I didn't see him this there. last time I watched it, but I know I saw him there the first time. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he's, he's tough to miss. Yeah, and he's pointed out in the yeah. visual dictionary, so he's definitely <laughs> there. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I just I sort of like this. It actually it gave me a lot of feels like um from aftermath too, because Nik, uh, Niku is uh, like reprogramming a B one battle droid. And some, for some reason, the B one just like warmed my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the B one battle droid. I feel like yeah. and Niku's relationship with with it is hilarious. The first time I heard them talk back in like '99, I was like, "Whoa, why? Why do we have comic droids again?" <laughs> um, but like then, you know, flash forward to twenty years later and. This B one, I'm like, yes, say Roger, Roger again, and and great. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of annoyed how much I liked seeing them. <laughs> right, right, yeah. they're great. Yeah. Um, and it's just nice to have that like prequel series tie-in, the synergy, and whatnot. Um, I don't know, I just it, it just gave me all the feels. I thought it was cool. Yeah, it was. Um, so that's that, and then um, who knows how many more episodes we have? Anybody? Maybe uh, there's 19 episodes, so there's wow. this is episode 14, so we have five more. But it looks like 18 and 19 are going to be shown together as a single kind of the the oh. final the final episode. Oh wow! Yeah, Man, I hardly there's, knew they. Yeah, the day after my birthday is when it drops, and it's called the escape. So we'll see. All right. Oh. Okay. Oh, oh and yes, there's already the a description up. Interesting. World. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. You know, this is one of those things where it's like they have season one on Disney Plus and um, I'm going to go back and watch this like in a row. Like I'm going to power through, you know, some seasons of this when I don't have to worry about advertisements. It'll be fun. It's nice. a fun little show. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Cool. All right. That's that. To the comics. Talk a bit about the comics. It's been a while since we've done this, but it's been actually a bit of a slow period with the comics with kind of the the end of the old guard and the rebooting of the new. Um, So we have a couple to talk about this week, which is Star Wars number one uh, and the rise of Kylo Ren number two. Uh, So Star Wars number one, the Destiny Path part one by Sewell, Saz, um, uh, Prianto, Cowles, Silva and Guru EFX. And I got a real short summary. Uh, Still reeling from the revelations and losses at Cloud City, the gang swoop in to save the day. Meanwhile, Luke questions his path as a Jedi. I love it. I had still reeling in mine as well. There's some really good reeling in this. There's There's a lot lot of reeling in this, yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of, uh, dude, where's my hand? Uh, Yeah, can we just talk about the (laughs) the opening panel of this entire comic is just real. So good. Yeah, yeah, just Luke losing his hand. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I kind of love this. Hand. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very it feels like Empire, like, you know, 2.1, right? Like it's yeah. it's it's PTSD Luke in some ways. 
it's like it's the most powerful moment in all of Star Wars, and it's just such a great way to start the story. Mm-hmm. I almost thought it would yeah. be perfect for the sequel trilogy to do this exact thing, where it's like, you know, from the the revelation with Vader, let's start there and kind of have a, a rippling effect of the story that that goes outward outwards from that moment because it's such a powerful moment. Yeah, it yeah. Is. I mean, just yeah. I guess I've never really thought of it like that, man. But it's like, so this like evil like demon you're fighting against cuts your hand off which is like i don't know if you ever lost a limb i haven't it's not probably not great probably like and then he's like surprise i'm your dad though let's hang out right and yeah. then yeah. you know let's rule you know fuck, you know and in the fact yeah. that he's a dark lord of the sith yeah. it's like you're inherently terrible i cut off and, your hand but like that's how i show you love yeah. yeah and my two father figures have been lying to me like it's it's yes. it's a lot <laughs> Well, yeah, that's when he was like, wow, well, well then, you know, Yoda and, and Ben must have been lying to me, which yeah. is like, oh, I'm like, he's not wrong. No, I'm like, Yoda, not. like, Yoda really effed this up in a lot of ways, yeah. man. Like, the well, Oculus... I think Yoda, Yoda wanted to go with Leia. That was yeah, always sure my headcanon. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, it's not <laughs> headcanon. It's, it's not headcanon. Like, they've really confirmed that. I think in a certain point of view, right? I think, or yeah. I can't remember which one, but yeah, they they confirm that Yoda. Oh, that's right. Been... You're you're totally right. In certain yeah. point of view, they they do confirm that. Yeah, or at least at um, least talk about it. You know, explicitly. Yeah. And the fact that like um he feels abandoned by Ben as well, right? Is by by yeah. I mean he I, that moment has always been a big moment, but I've never realized how big when he calls out at the end of Empire and it's nothing, and then he calls out to his father. Right. Like it's such an amazing. Or, I mean, yeah, you're right. To lay, it's such an amazing moment. Yeah, I mean, he's reeling from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love this issue because we get a great line from Lando where Leia's upset that he do- he double crossed them, and he's like, "Come on, I had Darth Vader breathing down my neck." I was like, "That is a great line." <laughs> it's like, yeah, "Thank you, Charles yeah. Sewell." <laughs> I mean, this comic does such a good job of like exactly what I always wondered, which is like, what was it like five minutes? Like after they were safe, and then Lando yeah. just skulking around the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> yeah. just being like yeah. wearing wearing Han's clothes and being like, <laughs> you know, I'm back, and sorry that your boyfriend and best friend is, or is like gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, also, yeah. It it really felt like the movie continued. I, I loved I loved this comic so much. Yeah, me too. Really great. They they wrote yeah. them perfectly. There's also a great uh, Chewy panel. Um, not as great as the chewy fist bumping nine nub panel, which is my favorite panel in comics. Uh, but, but when he's like, he tells him like, okay, you can fly the Falcon. That was yeah. Great. It was great. Um, also guest starring, um, Poe's parents. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Poe's, yeah. I, I don't know Poe's dad's first name, but we get his mom's uh, full name. Uh, do you guys yeah, know his they... dad's first name? Uh, I do not. Chara Ray. It was in a book. It was in one of the books. I remember. Well, it's so it is in Empire Ascendant. (laughs) It's in Empire Ascendant, which came out a couple weeks ago. It was also in one of the first miniseries, or it might have been the first miniseries um, that Marvel released. um, Was called. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. But it was like it took place directly after Return of the Jedi. And it was uh, it was starring Poe's parents. So these characters have actually been in the comics since the Marvel reboot in 2015. It wasn't Shattered Empire, was it? Yes, it was. Thank you. OK, I was, tra- I was looking at my I was looking at all my comics and I have too many now to be able to quickly pick it out. But it was Shattered. That's Empire, a really right? fun comic. That's it where is. we learn about yeah. the Sentinel droids and things like yes. that. Um, yeah. yeah, really, really cool stuff. Uh, we also get a really interesting new uh, admiral or commander, Commander Zara. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I love yeah, that. Cool. Uh, yeah, I love that she asks for manual control of a turbo laser to shoot down. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is a commander like taken in her ar- taking her arsenal into her own hands. Like this is fascinating character work and just a brilliant scene. I felt very nuanced from all the commander admiral scenes we've seen before. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's um, it's really good. And I was a little not wary, but I was wondering about Charles Sewell's writing because um, before this, he was mostly just on Vader, right? What did right. he do before? Yes. He just did Vader, which he was amazing on Vader, but I didn't know what his voice would be like for the other characters, but he nailed them all. Nailed them oh, all. Vader was also, Vader was perfect. In it was amazing. Too. Yeah, his, his yeah. Vader was great. Yeah. No more partial success yeah. or something. I was like, dude, that is great. I love this. And I was wondering yeah. also, we had talked a bit about it when they announced this, that they were going to do the time jump and it was going to take place right after Empire. What is it going to be like without Han? And I mean, granted, we're only one is- issue in, but I'm kind of enjoying the mix up and the now having Lando skulking around. Yeah. Oh, but it's Kess really... Dameron. Sorry, K-E-S is his dad's name. That's okay, right. great. Yeah. Kess yeah. Dameron yeah. and Shara Bay. Yeah. Shara Bay. <laughs> Um, green five or green three? I don't know. Green three, yeah. Green three. Uh, I thought her A wing would be green, but it's red. But whatever. Yeah. yeah. No time to uh, paint. <laughs> no, no one cares. It's a resistance. We're they're scrappy. Um, what else is? Oh, so yeah, and just how affecting that scene is with when Luke takes the underbelly cannon and you know with his one hand and he just mm-hmm. slips oh. off the controls and he's just so frustrated. And I think in that moment, pretty much taps him to like. Dark know, side. anger and frustration yeah. and dark oh, yeah. side. Yeah. And it's, it's, and I love that you see Obi-Wan's face first before Vader. It's totally, he's yes. totally grappling with that lie that yeah. he has to kill Vader at all costs and, you know, not knowing, not, Obi-Wan not telling him it's his father. And yeah, it, it's just, Bruce yeah, it's just, a, that's a tough scene. Yeah. I mean, can and, we talk for a second about, um, is it, who's the artist on this? Is it Perez? Uh, Saez. Uh, Jesus Saez. Um, I don't know that name. I'm sure he's a very accomplished artist, but I, don't, I haven't seen him in any of the other Star Wars books um, mm-hmm. that I remember. He's he's able to do these characters amazingly. There's a scene where Luke is just sitting um, by the chessboard, looking dejected, dejected, and his face is yeah. like it looks like Hamill. Like it's just it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, art is spectacular. Yeah, this run for sure. Um, oh, cool. Also, uh, I have a random, if you want to talk about alternate covers uh, for a second, um, I was, I'm annoyed slash excited because I got the last Greatest Moments uh, alt cover, which is 36 out of 36. Of, right, um, and we were, ta- we were, we were guessing, we were oh, guessing yeah. about what that could be. Yeah, it's, so, uh, Ray, it's Ray flipping over uh, Kylo's um, uh, TIE fighter in The Rise of Skywalker. In Octo? Wow. Um, no, and in uh, Rise of Skywalker, when he when she's flipping over and shearing oh. off the wing. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, good, I got that. I'm all set. And then they just started uh, 40th anniversary Empire Strikes Back oh, cover cool. arts. Yeah, one out of 36. So I'm like, oh, oh. I can start over again. And it's the probe droid coming out of the ice, and it's amazing. Oh, I, that's the one I got actually. So okay, I, yeah. I might actually collect all 36 of these ones. Then. I might try real hard to get them all too. Yeah, because um, uh, it'd, it'd be fun to it'd be fun yeah. to frame and mount that you know yeah and my comic book uh, guy does pretty good to get me the variants so did you yeah. get the one in ten uh luke leahan no Chewy cover whether he's good he's not, he's not that good i, I got <laughs> that my, my guy threw it in for me 
um, pretty pretty awesome. I think it's yeah, an yeah. outtake, right? It's like they didn't use it. I think so. Anyway, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, cool. I think that's that's all I have for this issue. Yeah, I me just, too. I just wanted to, to mention the like the obvious parallels between the rise of Skywalker and and this this episode mm-hmm. specifically. I mean, it feels pretty. I'm sure you guys felt the same thing but um it was pretty obvious that you had luke dealing with a lot of same things ray arts like oh wow i'm actually have a bad heritage and like i could be like evil and i don't know i just thought that was yeah. kind of like luke is essentially having his ray moment in this uh in this episode yeah. it's very timely totally. yeah yeah totally and i was talking to adam a little bit before we started recording about kept power creep during the original mm-hmm. trilogy era and how some of the concepts established in the sequel trilogy are now being carried you know backwards into the original trilogy and it, yeah. with luke with luke breaking the glass at the end of the at the end of this issue i've yeah. also seen i think charles sewell has, has teased an image of the panels and in, in upcoming issues where the glass breaks where vader is and there's almost that dyad like relationship where you know what, what's that... happening in the moment with them and the force is feeding into the, the other person you know wherever they are so, the stars so great i haven't i haven't seen that panel um, but there was the run in Sewell's comics where he finds out that um, that uh, Vader or that uh, Luke is his son and he breaks the glass. OK, maybe that's what so it was. Maybe, maybe I'm totally is, wrong. Okay. I wonder if that that image is him kind of pointing out. See, I did. I planned this whole thing. <laughs> like that's what that's what Skywalkers do when they find out they're related to someone is freak out and break glass. But I'm not 100 percent on that. So I'm just I'm just interested. No, to... I think you're right, because it might. I don't think he would tease three or four panels of an upcoming issue. It's a lot of yeah. keys. Um, no, I think you're totally right about that. So I think, yeah, it's just more so that they're mirroring and, uh, yeah. and just some of the mirror concept that's explored in the sequel trilogy is be, now being explored with Vader and Luke, I would say. Yep. And, um, <clears throat> and it's a little bit, a little bit of power creep going on where like the force just feels amplified and more powerful now after the sequel trilogies, like not force unleashed powerful, but I would say, <laughs> just a tad tad stronger and, and tad more effective i, I agree I, I remember even in rise of skywalker when she grabs the 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 um the whatever thing out of the air i was a little, a little like whoa what are we what are we doing here but it's you know we do have in canon now right that luke was pulling down star destroyers at some point yes so uh, is it canon? oh you're right yeah and uh yeah the battle of jakku so like yeah so I, yeah, I guess I, that's what the force is now. Well, I, I mean, I, it makes sense to me. Um, I know I'm always the apologist, but um, <laughs> they, uh, because I, I think Luke really harvested a lot of information about the force and Jedi and Jedi abilities when on his journeys and like this, you know, this quest that I desperately want to see more of that apparently yeah. Kylo was aboard for um, and <laughs> Ortega, um, aboard like, and board by <clears throat> and board by. Um, but like, Scott yeah, I mean, if if you, you know, he he unlocked a lot of these superpowers that, you know, Ray really took to heart. And like, I love that we had her hold up like a nerd learning all this stuff for a year, yeah. you know, under the master tutelage of Leia, who secretly was a master force user, like pretty great. Yeah. So I think that's that's where Good they're, they, you know, which yeah. is gatewaying this this these other really powerful um, yeah. force abilities. I like it. I can buy that. I feel like we've never really Ray was the first real Jedi we've seen in in the in the sequel trilogy, right? And if yeah. sequel trilogies toss anything, again, it's a little unclear, but in my own head canon it does seem like if there's only a couple of Jedi, they are more powerful than if there are thousands of Jedi, right? So it makes sense yeah. that she is more powerful than what we saw in the pre in the sequel or prequel trilogies. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't bump up against it as much as I just noticed it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I just yeah. feel like the forces is, is a little yeah. amplified after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, want to jump to rise of Kylo Ren? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So this is, uh, we are now onto the rise of Kylo Ren. Number two, chapter two, uh, writer is Charles Sewell. Uh, Will Sline is the artist. Guru EFX is the colorist. And VC Travis Lanham is the letterer. Uh, little summary. Determined to destroy the part of himself he hates, Ben Solo scours the galaxy for the Knights of Ren with the hope he can join their ranks. His only clue to finding their location comes from a childhood memory of meeting the legendary knights and their leader, Ren. Nice. Yeah, I mean, the uh, panels here are like... I mean, exactly this story that I desperately want to hear told. I mean, you see Luke Skywalker, Laura Santeca, and Ben Solo in a starfighter, you know, do it, you know, searching, um, you know, uh, Jedi temples. Like, <clears throat> I could watch that for the rest of my life. I could watch an episode of that every day. For the, like, if I could only watch one show, that would be the show I want to see for the rest of my life. Yeah, agreed. And I hate Ben Solo now. I hate oh, punk oh. kids. I love Redeem. <laughs> he wasn't like, that bad. He wasn't oh, complaining. He, he didn't was, complain. No, he did not complain. He's not as bad as Luke, but he's sitting there in the back of a of a of an X wing or like not an X wing, but like some type of thing with these two amazing people going on a Jedi quest, like just moping and talking to his like bad Sith uncle. Yeah, like, how does Luke not sense that Ben in the back seat is talking right. to Snoke? Like yeah. I, this the is dark side is elusive. Yeah, dark side is elusive, right? <laughs> it's I, my yeah. I guess I mean whenever I, I, I question something in canon, I'm I'm always thinking to myself: Is this a lie from a dark sider, or right. or is it elusive? Is the dark side just elusive? Like, and I feel like those are the first two things I have yeah. to you know. That's clear what you before I can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it's. I, I guess the thing that surprised me is I didn't realize he was in communication with with uh, Snoke for so long. Like yeah. he was really getting manipulated for for years and years and years. I thought it in my my own thought. I was it's kind of recent, but I like the idea that he's always been there, kind of this voice in his, in his head. And it yeah. probably wasn't Snoke, right? No, it was not. I don't think so. Right? It was the yeah. Emperor with the Snoke's voice. Which yeah. is that's a superpower right there, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, so that's interesting. So I, I still I'm still not 100 percent in <laughs> agreement that 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 Palpatine is channeling his voice through Snoke. I feel like Snoke operates on his own his own volition. Uh, and there's even a line where he says, I was not born Snoke. I became Snoke. Yeah, and, that's a good lie. Uh, I, that's kind of in, yeah, it's a good lie. I mean, yeah, I mean, again, <laughs> go down the list. Is it a lie? Is the so, dark side elusive? You want to know elusive? my feeling is that when <laughs> when when Rhett, when Kylo or I guess when Ben at this point meets Snoke for the first time at the at at Starkiller is it the where, wherever the place is? I feel like that's kind of the first we've seen the first Snoke has really been around all that much much like I don't think he's been around the universe much before that or galaxy before that. I think he's pretty fresh out of the cloning tube. Yeah. But it looks like yeah. he has this like history, like oh yeah, Luke Skywalker put a uh, lightsaber yep. through his face. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And uh, but like he was born with a lightsaber wound, which is wild. I want to see the scene where Luke gets told this, and he's like, "What? I never met the guy." Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who? Smoke. Break, break I don't the know cannon. Smoke. <laughs> yeah. Who's smoke? I so I love the metaphor that he's on this. He's on this. Un, it's it's. It, I don't think it's a named world or anything like that. It's just. I think he's just talking about it. it's an oasis of the force, like that, yeah. that covers the great shadow. Which I mean, they're that I guess the Jedi had first 
planted these seeds for all this this kind of flora that's growing here? Is that yeah. it's like a, is that a good worldwide biodome, yeah. right? Yes, but wasn't right. it supposed to keep the dark side out? Question mark. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's what I took. That's how I read it. Was that someone else had planted this garden to to uh, suppress the shadow that yeah. was there? That's um, what I got as well. Though I can't find that. But I, but I do love the metaphor of the manipulation of life and how Snoke is clone and we know how this all plays out you know in, in the larger scope of the whole narrative um but and i love snoke's attire like i love the outfit it's almost jedi like like it's trusting like i think yeah. i think ben inherently trusts snoke because he doesn't there's no signs of him looking evil per se he's wearing a jaunty cap yeah he yeah. sure is <laughs> but no and they and his eyes look like he's got the big eyes and he looks he looks yeah. nice yeah. at times he looks like he's had a lived a hard life but he looks like a kind old man at times yeah yeah he's not in his like house robe and slippers <laughs> his gold it's, house robe and slippers. LeMay, yeah oh. it's still very much my head canon that he was created from luke's arm like i don't yeah. know why you'd name a character snoke and have the name be so similar to Luke in terms of like the the ending of the name. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. mean, I just don't know why you would do that unless the reason is that he was cloned from the arm. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. that's literally the best. And I, I hope we explore that, or at least explore the cloning process, or or, or how he was created in the first place. But he uh, he does a lot of bone crushing in this issue. Yeah, he does. <laughs> A lot of talk of, of legacy and the past and crushing bones, which is really beautiful and interesting and great storytelling by Sewell uh, yet again. Um, but yeah, and then we get Ben's favorite show here with with Tekka and, and Luke searching for uh, yeah. an old Jedi Jedi outpost from the High Republic. We get that mentioned mm-hmm. from the High Republic mm-hmm. era. Uh, right. Then we get to Elfrona Elf is the name of the planet. Yes. Yeah. Um, so cool. Yeah, it looks like the um, the temple looks like Petra. Or, yes. Um, yeah, it really does. Yeah. And we have some synergy here with previous comics, right? Because we see some other... He mentions a couple other uh, items or places, but don't we see that gun that's like the lightsaber gun? I think that's what that is, right? The, the gun that shoots lightsabers, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Is that yeah, what that is? from Dr. Afro. Yeah. It's there's some Afro stuff in there. I think oh, so. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and then they he, Luke mentions ugh, something else too. But I, I just want to say that like Luke is this is my favorite flavor of Luke ever. Like overpowered old man, like dad Cocky. strength, dad yeah. bod Luke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that Luke just tells people they're wrong. Yeah, yeah he's very yeah. cocky. We get cocky. This Luke. is mo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can we just skip uh, the part where you're all skip to the part where you're all running out of here crying? Crying, <laughs> like, yeah, he's kind of a bully. Is he just channeling Han? Like, did he? Do you think that's part of it? Like, he just kind of like, what would Han do in the situation? Yeah, maybe. Um, he also yeah. uses the he also uses the move against one of the knights that he uses against Kylo as uh, later on when he does the you know falls like slips under the the axe. Oh yeah, that's right. That's his go to move. The right. limbo. Yeah, the limbo. <laughs> well, the limbo, lim- limbo dodge. Yeah. Oh, that's what he mentioned. He mentioned um, Joe Casta News treasure trove. So he actually yes. found Joe Casta News stash, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. What was that? Was from Vader, right? That was the the Vader. I think one of the so. Vader. 
Yeah, comp. I believe so. And um, yeah, she was able to do that. So I mean, so he's got yeah. There's the, the lightsaber gun. It's wonderful, master. Truly, yeah. But um, yeah. I don't know. I just thought that that was super great. I hope I don't know. I love uh, overpowered Luke so much. Totally. Yeah, and, and we kind of we kind of learn in this comic that Laura Santeca is a hundred percent a passive character. Like he doesn't have a blaster. He doesn't carry a lightsaber. Yeah. Um, and and then Luke's like, oh, Ben, protect Laura Santeca. And Ben, you know, ignites the blue saber, and it's really really cool to see young yeah. ben with his blue saber yeah defensive crouch i loved how he was just like i'm the last jedi but not for long i thought that was a really mm-hmm. nice line yeah, yeah that was a beautiful panel too um yeah. i so i love this comic i think everything is super poetic and beautiful and i love the storytelling i think sewell's mm-hmm. a brilliant writer but uh. <laughs> <laughs> how, the, how this whole this this whole uh brawl ends is 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 kind of laughable i would say it's just like the lead knight of ren his name is Ren. He has, I guess, a detonator. He has like an explosive lightsaber, yeah, like a dead man switch on his lightsaber. <laughs> dead man's yeah. lightsaber. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he basically flicks the switch, and he's like, "Listen, we're all gonna blow up unless you wa- let us walk out of here." And I was like, "Uh, this feels a little bit like he had to get the Knights of Ren out of his temple and 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 create this longer story. And this is possibly the only way they can have them leave alive without you know Luke finishing the job." And uh, it just felt a little forced in that moment. So I was like, oh, all right. I guess this is how we're going to have a continued story with the Knights of Ren. Uh, well, can I can I maybe fix it? Go for it. So I don't think the Knights of Ren are there by accident. And I think their true goal is to do exactly what happens, which is to start pulling Ben to the dark side. So I right. think they were sent there by Snoke slash the Emperor and the whole goal at the end was just to, for him to leave his helmet. So I think that's why it almost ended in that stale mate. I totally agree. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. I mean, they dangle yeah. the dark, they dangle the dark path in front of them. That's, that's mm-hmm. the point of this whole moment. Yeah. But I just don't, the logistics but. of putting explosives in a lightsaber hilt and kind of, yeah, just it felt a bit weird. Having us all go with that is like, <laughs> yeah. really like, how did the yeah, blade not get disagree. so hot that the explosive elements don't explode? Like, uh, there's yeah. a lot of, okay. you start asking a lot of right. questions. Why does the lightsaber, like, a lightsaber is a laser. Why does it end? Like, you can start, bl- yeah. you can start pulling apart yeah, these things. Don't do it. I'm trying not to. I'm just trying, I'm trying not to, but he, he talks as if this is going to be a very large explosion that's going to take, you know, take down the entire chamber. And I'm like, it's all in that one lightsaber, you know, what underneath the crystal? Like, how large is this explosive? Like, it's just, or he's just, hey, Sith lie. Maybe he's just BSing. I think it's, if it's a, if again, again, Everything's made better if you just say the dark side guys are lying. Like everything in Star Wars is so much better because all those questions go out the window. It's. Perfect. I would also say, what happened? What would you think of this comic if, if like not not forgetting everything we know about the lights are end to like come after this, Luke goes in there and just kills all those guys. <laughs> no, no, no like, I, that can't like, happen. But... Them, like just cuts them all down and leaves them in a pile. Steals all, like it, that's not a very jedi way thing and i don't think luke skywalker like he'd probably let the dude live anyways you know yeah like he's clearly not wait sorry for that did you get anyone get hit by that back that van backing up or are we cool? <laughs> um we're good we're good <laughs> so no i agree i feel like and i also feel like if he wanted to kill them he could have right like i feel like he's a, a you know jedi uses his weapon only for defense right 
Right. Well, yeah, and there's not just one out. route this could go either. It's not like Luke would just kill them all. It's more so that like they've dealt with the same situation in the past, and oftentimes how the situation is wrapped up is the dark, the villain character like cuts down a pillar that falls on the helpless character, and the characters have to you know go to that big decision, and then and the villains that get get a chance to run away. Like that is usually how they deal with that kind of stuff in Star Wars. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't want to see that again per se, but the. Yeah. The explosive and the lightsaber was a new angle on that. <laughs> it, like, it definitely was. All right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, I was a bit, I'll be honest. I was trying to be kind of like devil's advocate, but I was also when I was reading going, yeah, oh, okay, fine. Oh, like, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> get, get, get it. Cool. Whatever. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I do like how Ren looks like this like idealized version of Ben almost. Like, yeah, like they're definitely going for like, something, right? Like I, I was trying to figure yeah. out what the was, but it reminded me of someone. Oh, right, because we yeah. see him with his helmet off. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's got these flowing locks. Looks like 1993 Superman, you know, after, uh, after totally. death yeah. of Superman. <laughs> Electro um, Superman or whatever. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that just made me um, sick. But that's, I mean, that works to the, the message in this moment yeah. where it's like, hey, this is the, the ideal, heroic, legendary character who you could become. You could fill the shoes. Um it's it's pretty fun. It it works really really well. And then when we cut forward in time, and then Ben returns to the same temple and finds the helmet, and uh, and from my read, puts on the helmet to then, I guess, get instructions at that point. Is it is it still in his head? I think he's talking to Ren in this last moment here. Is that what you guys got? Where he puts the helmet on and. And uh, in the helmet, he, hey kid, was wondering if we'd ever hear from you again. I need, and Ben says, yeah, I need yeah, somewhere to go. To Snoke said, yeah. maybe you would. And then, and then Snoke, huh? Yeah, okay. Come to Van Von Rack in the mid rim. Yes. We'll be there for a bit. So he puts on the helmet to then yep. get a direct signal to to Ren. Yeah, to Ren. I thought you said Ray at first, and I'm like, wait, oh what? yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, oh, what? No, no. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Ren. I think it is. Yeah, I think yeah. That Ren. was like how he like like gave him a communicator, like how to how to talk to them. Also, right. we get teased. We get teased about um, where Kylo comes from. The word, the name Kylo comes from, but we don't actually get the thing, right? Like, what will you become? Oh yeah, I see that. Oh yes, I see that in your mind. That's a very, very good. No, it's stupid. Something I thought of as a child. So like, I just oof. Like, I want to know. Yeah. Like, where's Kylo come from? Yeah. Yeah. Serious. We'll get we'll get that and more. I hope. Which again is interesting, right? Like we don't get the naming ceremony like we do with, with Darth's, right? We get yeah. self name with Snoke and Kylo. It seems like, yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah, it'll be a good run again. Like you know, Grant mentioned, it's going to be hard to pack all this information in just uh, four more episodes, but uh, it's going to yeah. be a fun ride. Great. Right. Yeah, I can't wait to. I can't wait to see what happens with Snoke and him. I hope Snoke and Luke confront each other. Like, I've been dying for that. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, by the way, it's only four episodes, four issues long. Oh, no. <laughs> We're already halfway through. <laughs> wow. So we got a lot to pack in and two more ep- two more issues. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's okay because they're going to leave plenty of room for my um, Luke Skywalker series, um, I... which is his yeah. adventures and um, the beginnings of the of the uh, of the the school so that'll be great we're gonna get that in some way or another in some format whether it's right it might be a comic yeah it might be a comic might be a book might be a series of books might might be the best video game of all time yeah yeah yeah. i'm hoping like you for a disney plus series but we'll see yeah that would be my that would be the dream i think 
Bring in Kevin Feige, get Sebastian Stan, sign the contracts. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. You heard it. You heard it. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thanks again, uh, everyone, for listening to us. Uh, for oh, the... hold uh, on. What's that? Oh, Sorry, wait. I want to do some Hold shameless self-promotion. Uh, I was on a podcast a few months back. In fact, we've talked about the podcast on this podcast. We actually had the two hosts on an interview. It's the You Haven't Seen What podcast. Uh, Joel and Perry were kind enough to have me on uh, in November. I was actually at a criminologist conference, which is my weird day job. Um, so it was kind of an interesting collision of two worlds. Uh, but we talked about the movie Silence of the Lambs along with a couple other co-hosts who were much, much more interesting than I am. One's uh, actually has spent time interviewing serial killers and the other one's worked in law enforcement. And I just, you know, teach this stuff. So I found myself drifting into the comic relief role. So I apologize for that. But uh, again, you haven't seen what it's it's such a great podcast. If you ha- aren't already listening, you should listen to it. And, and please, uh, at the very least against shameless self-promotion listen to my uh, my episode that just dropped uh today all right awesome man yeah definitely i i love that episode you're in um that was really fun and um yeah can't wait to hear this one as well um but uh to all of our listeners thank you very very much uh means a ton to us that um you listen and reach out um and yeah it's it's awesome man we've got so much more star wars to come and it's we're in uncharted territory we got no idea where this thing's going so it'll be a fun ride and um i hope uh, we all get to take that ride together so thanks so much and we'll talk to you next week and may the force be with you this is grex kondak signing off for the latest breaking news follow at core world news on twitter and instagram thank you and good night remember the force will be with you always